Terve Nordenstreng, the professor emeritus of Tampere University, Finland, celebrated his 80th birthday on the 9th of June. He is also the distinguished member of the Metatelcom's advisory board. Metatelcom provides a podcast episode in two parts on that festive occasion. In the previous part, Karle Nordenstreng looked back on his bridge-building work between East and West throughout the decades and also reflected upon the core concept of the Metatelcom project, deliberative communication. This piece now is the second part in which Karle Nordenstreng is going to tell us about the 60 books he has written and those he is writing right now. Two professors emeriti will have a conversation to portrait the jubilarian. The host for this conversation is a Plauk, who currently works with the Estonian team. Karle, you have done lots of research, lots of publications, uh, and uh, I even noticed on your website that uh, you have authored or co-authored about 60 books plus uh, hundreds of articles. The last book, uh, if this is the last, was about uh, the International Organization of Journalists. And, uh, it's a very bulky it, book. I think it's very valuable also because it has uh, lots of uh, documentation that... Uh, the future researchers can use for doing uh, uh, some research on this topic. I know you have, uh, I have read uh, also some other of your books. Is there any publication among them that uh, you would evaluate as your biggest scholarly achievement? It's hard to single out one Opus Magnus in one's life. They have all different features. But of course, uh, there are certain books which, um, in a way, rise above others. One is um, the textbook which I produced in 1975, after four years as uh, serving in Tampere professorship. I had started to work on it right on, on the first year of my professor's chair. It was a kind of introduction to communication called Tiedotusoppi the study of communication. It was kind of textbook um, and not hardcore scholarly academic work. On the other hand, it had a bibliography of several tens of pages and it, it was academic, but it tried to be readable by first-year students, however. And it, it tried to be a comprehensive overview of the communication field. Anyhow, that textbook was perhaps a major achievement. But then in other capacities, there are works which are kind of landmarks. One of them is just a less than 100 pages long report uh, published by UNESCO called um, Television Traffic, a One-Way Street, question mark, which I put together with my younger colleague Tapio Varis in, in the early 70s. That became the bestseller it is perhaps still now the best-known piece of Finnish communication scholarship. It's, it's one of the bestsellers of UNESCO's uh, reports and papers on communication series also. It was a fairly modest academic work, but 
politically happened to be very juicy and um, timely because it came out uh, when the discussion of the new international information order was catching up and becoming popular. And it contained some hard data which justified or supported the view of the developing countries especially and also some critical voices of the Western countries and many socialist countries that there is a state of information imperialism in the world. Uh, whereby Americans, British and former colonial powers are dominating the television screen market. Uh, there was a kind of general feeling in political talks and thinking that this situation exists, but there were very few hard data to justify it. And that study brought some hard data which could not be disputed. We got a huge reputation, not so much due to our great academic achievements, but because we happened to bring out relevant data for a kind of political demand of the day. It was the 70s when United Nations was discussing the new international economic order and there was the decade of decolonization, etc., etc. That was another landmark. Of course, then there are other books later Mostly my better-known books are edited with somebody else, like uh, International Communication and National Sovereignty, edited with Herbert Schiller from University of California. Then later, I have also done work with uh, Daya Tussu on the BRICS countries, the Brazil, Russia, India, China and South Africa. You mentioned that uh, some of your um, books you have um, edited and uh, you have also co-authored with uh, other scholars. Can you speculate a bit about your experience of co-authorship and maybe teamwork more generally? At least it seems to me that you prefer in many occasions be part of a team. Yes, yes. My my whole bibliography contains much more co-authored and co-edited than single-authored stuff. Somebody like Habermas is always alone writing something, and they are few and classic works. I have very few works written only by me. I think it they are something like a dozen instead of the 60, which are co-edited or co-authored and so on when speaking of books and a little bit the same with articles. Why so? It's perhaps my own um, mentality and the life situation which has brought me always in the middle of some sort of a movement, topical movement or a political movement or something. And then by definition, a movement is composed of not only one single individual, but a host of people around Well, people are different. Uh, I happen to be a social person who likes to work with others. I have some colleagues who are disgusted by sitting down with others and writing something. They simply must work alone. They are lonely wolves, as we say. 
working in teams is rewarding, but it's also sometimes very tiring and, well, let's face it, also annoying. Sometimes you have people who are very difficult to work with and you have to stand them and try to get out of them text into a sort of agreed upon format. And it's not so easy always to do that. It's fairly seldom that you have a little cocktail of happily working together people. Anyhow, my philosophy has been always that science is collective enterprise. If you think that you are doing something alone and you invent an idea and you publish an idea just by yourself, and God in heaven will celebrate only you for that performance, you are really a fool. Because every bloody thought that you are entertaining and writing and, uh, and publishing is a result of, of a collective reflection and, um, and distribution and, and, and so on. And therefore, I think it's always only natural to have teamwork, although sometimes personality clashes make it not so easy. So I think that in typically in a teamwork, you are investing a lot of energy to this maintaining of the social cohesion in the group. Maybe 50% of your physical time and mental energy is consumed by this sort of uh, social maintenance of the coherence. It's not so popular that many people like continuously to be editors and team workers. Sometimes people get fed up and uh, gradually want to withdraw to their own armchair and, and at least during retirement to do it by themselves. I am a little bit on that road now. that uh, you are writing now another book. A book is uh, coming in nearer future. Is it a secret or can you say about it? A yeah. couple of words. I don't keep anything secret on my own <laughs> activities. Actually, before that work, which you now think um, there is another one, it's the history of the IAMCR, the International Association for Media and Communication Research, I have started to work on that history together with the former president of IMCR, says Hameling, already years ago, and it has been underway. I don't know when it will be completed, but possibly within the next year or so. Anyhow, the main challenge is the book which you mentioned, which is a kind of a my personal memories, uh, it's defined by Finnish uh, Cultural Foundation in its grant system, which has a particular form of grants given to professors or artists or so who want to write a reflective account of their life achievements. That is a kind of definition of the format. I like that format because I don't like the normal memoirs, which are too subjective normally. Above all, I want to relate my doings with the 
environment, with the conditions, with the society, and and all my institutional frameworks were have been working. I know you are pushing me to do it because you happen to be sitting. And this is another secret, which I will disclose. You were sitting in the panel of referees of the Finnish Cultural Foundation that year when I applied for 22,000 euros to get that book done. And I think rightly so, you have been asking year after year, when is it coming? I don't want to tell how many years has been passing since I got it, but I had definitely been committed to do it. Unfortunately, I couldn't complete it for my 80th birthday, but I hope to have it out next year. It takes time for many details to be checked and so on. The first chapter is more or less done, which is already a, quite a challenge. I'm, I'm describing the changing landscape of Finland, the whole society, from the early 40s to the present time. I have, for instance, from the Finnish Central Statistics Office, got brilliant tables of statistical developments. Going through that review, unrelated to my own what I had done, it's only about how Finland has been developing. The country where I became as an actor, how has that context been changing? It is really dramatic how big changes there have been. I have concluded that there are few 80 years in the whole history, let's say post-Christ history, when so drastic and so fundamental and rapid changes have appeared. Even the Industrial Revolution with all these machines in Britain and so on, inventions of electricity, etc., they have been appearing more slowly and less penetrating in the whole world within a short time than things have happened, especially for this IT, uh, digital revolution, since the 1960s. So our generation, and I can include you and and your younger colleagues also to this generation, we have been very fortunate in world history to experience some truly historical with capital H <laughs> changes in the world. I'm starting the scenery with such an opening and then I'm going to about six or seven particular paths that I have done my career. First as radio reporter and journalist, then as university teacher, then as researcher, also as international bridge builder and so on. These were professors emeriti on the occasion of the 80th birthday of Karle Nordenstrang from Tampere, Finland, the member of Media Telkom's advisory board, who was talked to by a bloke currently working with the Estonia team. Quite soon we shall proceed with a podcast episode unfolding the domains being scrutinized in the Mededelcom project. In particular, we shall focus on the journalism domain. So stay tuned to hear us again at the end of June.